In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, getting started. Steps to a better marriage. Oh, I screwed that up. I'll keep it. Steps to a better marriage. I got to keep that in. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the tongue-tied Q-Dog in the studio with my wife, Jeannie. Well, at least they know we're not scripted. <laughs> well, we're, we're not in a sense, but steps to a better marriage <laughs> instead of a beller marriage. I don't know what a beller marriage is, but I screwed up, but I'm keeping it because that's just the way I like it. <laughs> I have to get uh, that idea of I have to, everything's got to be perfect out of the way. Authenticity. It's pretty. It was pretty dumb, but it was funny. Okay, here we go. Let's dive into it. We're fresh off of the episodes where we were talking about our story in our own words, and I could not have been any happier for how that story came out. It was just nice to get it out. You know, took a couple hours, <laughs> and uh, that's fine. And that was the well. It is twenty years. 21, honey. Not yet. Yeah. We're on 22. Just so you're aware of that. Well, that's right. We're drinking age. <laughs> we are. I remember. Um, with that being said, we want to help you and to talk about where we got started so that you can take a look at our path in the process and our path. Yeah, don't do what we did. Start in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> well... Just take from all of our take from all of our antics, mistakes, our highs and our lows, and hopefully you can use that to develop the path for yourself. And here's the here's like the overarching theme. What we're gonna do is, um, you and that fidgety fidget. I when I was shaking my head, it wasn't don't start where we start. It's don't rip the tape off of that dispenser and start messing around with the tape. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> now your smile is beautiful, but you got to cut that crap out. We're professionals, okay? Professional what? <laughs> I don't that know. That is the question. I'm not sure yet. Fidgeter? Yes, absolutely. Here we go. What we're going to do, how we're going to line this out is, you know, overall, the number one thing you got to do when it comes to whether you want a better life or a better marriage or a better anything is take responsibility. And it's like, where is my life? What are my choices versus what I actually wanted? You got to be responsible for your choices. Now, there are things outside of your control that you have no ability to control. And if you try to control those things, it'll drive you mad. So our biggest thing here is focus on the things you can affect, control what you can control. And then when life happens... You navigate and make decisions from there. And the next thing is, what's my inner conversation? What am I telling myself? What's the story I'm telling myself when something good happens, when something bad happens, when I'm frustrated, when I'm disappointed? Listen to the conversation. Listen to what you think. What you, what's your natural reaction to those things? Because that's going to tell you where your mindset is 
and maybe how your choices are being influenced. And then it's going to be, you know, what can I change? How can I change? Ultimately, who is it that I want to become? How can that affect my marriage? That's like the overarching theme here to what getting started is. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to tell you where we began. I'm going to take some time to talk about how well did I actually know myself? Because in order to answer these questions, you have to know yourself pretty well. But what you can't do is you can't... <clears throat> ah, what you can't do. What you should not do, what you shouldn't do, is be so set on, this is just the way that I am, and it's the way that it's always been. You don't want to tie your, you don't want to tie your chain to that particular course. Because actually... You can change if you want to. Willingness is where it is. That's where the key to victory is when it comes to changing yourself is willingness. you got to have a willingness within you to say, this is who I am, but it's not who I have to be. So when I started looking into this, and we wanted to see what the process was as far as getting started, I went and looked back to say, how well did I know myself? Did I know myself um, emotionally? Did I know myself mentally? Did I know myself physically? So I'm going to talk to you about where I was when I began to change. And in that, you heard already, if you haven't gone back and listened to our story, it's a great idea to go back and check those things out. Um, check those episodes out. It's a three-part series. And... Um, it gave you the pathway of what actually put us on the path to redefining our life and our marriage. And here is where it started for us. We did a course called Living Life by Design. And then we did an eight-week marriage seminar uh, with Coach Rita and her husband, Bill. And then from that uh, Living Life by Design, that marriage seminar, we did some personal coaching. I I had a, like three classes and was done. And then Jeannie was coaching with someone, made the transition to coach one-on-one -on -one with Rita. And that led up to um, Coach Rita bringing me into the class or into the coaching and us working on our marriage from there. And I'm telling you, we learned a lot about ourselves, And some of those things I'll share with you now. So for me... Um, emotionally, I took a step back to look because I knew that I had to redefine my philosophy. And it was a book from Nick Saban that really sparked the interest in me is like, you know, how good um, do you want to be? Darn it, I can't remember the name, the exact title of the book, but it was somewhere in there. And I got to thinking, it's like, with this guy's level of success, his dedication to the craft, as great as he is, there's got to be something about this. And that's when I started asking myself, how good do I want my life to be? How good do I want to be? How good do I want my marriage to be? So I had to take a look and see where I was, what part of my philosophy, like my basic operating system was serving me, what part was sabotaging me. So I looked at it, and emotionally... It was like with my brother, with work, with family. I didn't like how emotionally volatile I was. I had such highs and lows of emotion. 
And I mean, the fire might burn really hot for a few minutes and then it was out, but it would cause a reaction in me that I, I just wasn't happy about. I'm sure you remember those times with mm-hmm. Josh and I where we would get into it and we just it was just an explosion in the moment. And I would act in such a way that I was not proud of. So I came up with this philosophy where it was like, I need to listen more. I need to talk less. And I need to get to a place where I'm responding versus reacting to whatever's in front of me. So I made a conscious effort. When I would get in an argument with my brother, I didn't like the way that I felt when we would start arguing. I didn't like that emotional response that would well up in me. So it's like, well, how can I do this? So that's where I started. You know, I talk so much, it's time for me to start listening a whole lot more. And I got some pushback. And one of my good friends um, that I shared those things with, it's like, it's time for me to listen more and talk less. And he's like, I don't think so. I was like, no, I'm certain of this one. I'm very certain. It's time for me to do that, whether it's in my faith, whether it's in life, whatever it is, because my emotions were not under control. I was very volatile. And then as opposed to, you know, a reaction um, is like an uncontrolled thing that happens and a response is something that's more calculated. And I wanted to be more calculated in the way that I responded. And then I had to look at myself mentally. Like emotionally, that was the first thing that jumped out at me. Is like, I want to improve this because I don't believe it leads to a good life for me. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't kind of identify with me at my best. And I never made great decisions when I was being crazy and emotional because I was upset about something. So I wanted to retrain that. And then mentally... I had areas of like immense strength when it came to, you know, my mental uh, toughness. But then there were areas where I truly suffered. And in most of those, I suffered in silence for a long time. But it was suffering from, I'm not good enough. There's something about me that's just not good enough. So I was telling myself that story. When bad things would happen, I got to the point where I I went through this phase of my life where I decided to just expect the worst. I'm just going to expect the worst, and if it happens, I won't be surprised. And then if something good happens, I'll take that by surprise. And that was sabotaging to me. And it it was a negative impact. The results were not good. I had to stop. I pumped the brakes on that. And I got down to the bottom of... What is it about me that's just not good enough, and why? And then I suffered from shame. I was I had so much shame over being overweight. And I think a lot of my I'm not good enough harbored around that idea. And I was also so concrete, you know, in my faith <clears throat> about, you know, I'd heard so many messages on how I was a piece of crap. And, you mm-hmm. know, you know faith-wise, not that anybody ever came out and was like, you're a piece of crap, Q. No, it was like, you know, mankind and sin. And so those things kind of went, you know, above and beyond to develop my sense of shame and why I'm not good enough. And those were really holding me back. And I think we're probably, or most likely, a lot of the underpinning of why I was so emotional Mm -hmm. in, in my response. And then physically, I was just physically obese, 
And as a result of that, I know that I was a food addict. And what that would cause is that would cause me to eat emotionally because I was an emotional eater. I would get emotional and I would just start packing it on. I mean, I was dominating the grub. So then uh, what I had kind of like identified in my life is this this vicious circle. Um, Emotionally, I would explode. Mentally, I would be like, I don't like that. I'm not good enough. And, you know, it's like, I'm not good enough because of whatever. Then I would want to eat. But it's like, no, you're fat, dude. Don't eat. You're supposed to be on a diet. And then I would just fall off the wagon. I would stuff myself or gorge myself, continue gaining weight. And this cycle, this negative cycle continued in my life. It was just a very negative pattern. And that was obviously not only causing me problems in my relationships, uh, it started, you know, causing problems in my marriage. It would cause problems at work. It would cause problems outside of work in all relationships surrounding me. So it was at that point where I was like, oh, you can, you can actually change these things. It was a big deal to me. And I remember seeing myself on that DVD, you know, a big 400-pound-ish man just weeping in tears. And I was just embarrassed in my own skin. And that kind of what, that's kind of what gave the light to me at that time. It's like, this is the shame that's been holding me back. This is the vicious circle. And because of my uh, obesity and my stress and, and these things, I would get like really sick. There were just times where the stress would overtake me. I would get super sick and I had become like really physically, I had become unreliable. And I wanted to be more reliable. I wanted to be more emotionally steady. I wanted to be more resilient. And I wanted to learn to Kate. Mm. I wanted to learn to communicate more effectively. Those were the places where it's like, okay, I know myself. I know I'm not good in these areas. And I believe if I change these things, that I'll improve as a person. But then as a product of that improvement, I can improve my marriage and my relationships. And that's truly what it is. And, you know, when you're coaching, like I was coaching football at the time, um, you see how powerful your words and your presence can be to other people. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm watching my players change. I'm watching me encourage them and, and change them. And so some of this, I also don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to practice what I preach. So I put those things into order. And that's the place where I got started. Um, it was that living life by design that was basically the catalyst. Then during that, like we had talked about, honey, I got into the disc analysis. And mm-hmm. that began that began the you know, the the path of self awareness and understanding. And I know you've got your own thoughts on that uh, disc analysis. Um, but we haven't heard much from you in this particular episode because it's about me. But what do you what are your thoughts like from the outside looking in as far as how well I knew myself and how that helped me to change? I think you're spot on. I mean, you you knew what your areas of weakness were, you knew what your struggles were. And for 
as long as you and I've been together, you were always trying to find ways to make yourself better. You just couldn't find anything that stuck. Yeah. Um, but like we said before, we had so much going on in such a short amount of time. We couldn't make anything stick. Like there just wasn't enough time to say, just using something very basic as a meal plan. There was no way to make a meal plan stick. We didn't have any money. Well, you the, know, there, you're right there. There it, were things that, that we tried to do that you tried to do constantly. Just just from looking at your weight loss aspect, that was a huge issue for you for a really long time where it was the one thing you tried to zero in on all the time. But um, when we got down to the disc analysis, I think that for you was an eye-opener because you it it didn't just give you the four personality traits, it gave you an explanation of like, um, it would say like leadership. You're one that likes to pull people in or it, it gives you different aspects to look at, different careers to look at, different types of, of people or positions to help you kind of look at those things as an example and for you that's a big deal you have to have something in front of you that says this is the pattern this is what we're talking about this is what it looks like and then once you have that you can aim for it no problem but it took us learning what does that look like (laughs) to get that mentality no one taught us that that came from rita that was a complete rita ism of what does it look like tell me what you see when you say I want to be physically fit. Okay. Because for some people, or I want to be healthy. That was the big one. I want to be healthy. Okay. What is healthy? Mm-hmm. Does healthy mean that you're 200 pounds? Does healthy mean that you look like the rock? Does healthy yeah. mean, you know, that you just eat well and you maintain? What does healthy look like? And she forced us by using what we learned about our personality and who we are to look at. What do you see when you close your eyes? What do you see yourself as? And then you took what you learned in that analysis and started figuring out, okay, this one's low and I want to work on this. It was just giving you a tool, I think. Yeah, it did. And, you know, I look back at myself then when I took that disc analysis, you know, just, uh, you know, the dominant, the leader, the charge, I really, I desperately wanted the 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 dominant or the D in the disc to be like the highest on my chart, and it wasn't. I mean, the highest on my chart was the I, which is influencer. Is an influencer, and I was so let down about that. But it's your strength. I know, but you know, just me looking, it's like in order to be successful, you have to lead. You have to be the leader. But really, I didn't. I didn't give credence to my what my natural abilities were, which was to be an influencer. And then, you know, my the next the next uh, one in line was the D for the dominant uh, leadership qualities. But I wanted to be a great leader, um, so I was very disappointed the first time I took it. Okay, and but just so you know, just because the D means dominance. You don't want it to always be that. D can also mean dick, so you got to be careful. Because on this one, (laughs) it's it's the truth, though. It's the 
perception that we have of what these personality traits look like or what we've been taught they look like. Like looking at Rita, Rita is a very dominant personality. Her her highest was a D in her disc analysis. But her dominance is not, she's not a bitchy person. She's not mean. She's not, you know, she is just very straight with who she is. She She's not different with anybody than who she is to everybody. And she's looked at and respected because she doesn't, she doesn't sugarcoat anything. This is what it is. Let's call it what it is and we'll move forward. For men, dominance is looked at, and this is just taking this from like a novel perspective, we'll say. Okay. The dominant personality is like the badass, the guy who's in charge, the guy that everybody wants to be like. He gets everything he wants. There's no um, pushback per se. If there is, he doesn't care. But that's not really dominance. It's arrogance. It's really, it's arrogance. But it's also somebody who just goes after what they want. You don't have to be an a-hole to do that. But that's the persona that society has put on a dominant person is you have to be an a-hole. And it's funny to me that that's what you wanted to be so much because you don't have, I mean, you have it in you if you wanted to. But it's not who you are. No. If, I, if I, you were to if you were to let loose that part of your personality and let that part be um the one that everybody sees without holding it back, you would not be comfortable with yourself. You would be coming out of your own skin because that's not who you are. You're the person that likes to um find somebody else's weakness and build it to a strength you're somebody who sees somebody who has a dream or has something that they want to accomplish or a goal and you're like dude give it to me what do you want to do what are the steps i'll help you get there you're that's why the eye is so big for you because you can see something but it's part of you because you have these things that you want to attain and you just flip a switch and i'm going for it that's your influence that's the strength in it the dominance is good from a parental perspective the dominance is good from a marriage perspective because that's where you shine for me. That's where my protection comes from. That's where my safety comes from. That's where the kids learn this is what your husband should be to you. You're not dominant to the point to where you're aggressive and abusive. You are dominant to the point of we are protected, we are safe, and we know if something was to happen, we can rely on you to be a safe place. That's the difference. Well, it's just, the, the fact is, is that I just, the people that I admired most had the dominant personality, whether, you know, it was um, Nick Saban or Bill or Jack or Israel, those guys, you know, I view they, they had that dominant personality and they were great leaders, you know, in my opinion. In their professional life, we don't know what it's like behind closed doors. No, I don't. I don't. I don't know what it's like there, but you know, in there. I think Miss Terry has the dominance on that one. I'm just oh yeah, saying. yeah. She's the freaking boss <laughs> she's in the, the boss. saving home, no doubt, no doubt. But I'm just, <laughs> you know, just exposing my vulnerability there because I wanted so bad to be known as a great leader. Not that this 
the the disc analysis completely defined who I was. It was just your natural tendencies. Just an eye opener. Yeah. It, it was it was your baseline operating. That doesn't mean that it's the way you'll always be or who you was. It doesn't. It, it means this is who you are naturally. And then they they went through it and they gave you uh, an idea of how others perceive you. Um how you perceive yourself like your internal mm -hmm. this is your external mask that you give people this is how you operate internally and this is how you think people see you and that was really that was really interesting to mm -hmm. me and i took uh i think i took a picture here to see and maybe i can share that um out on our social media and it was just it was really interesting to me the way that i perceived uh, or what I put out there for people to see me as is that it is very high on the influence side. Mm -hmm. And this is, this was in 2015 when I had, taken, I was going to say count the clock back. Cause this has been a while. And then internally what I do is, uh, I'm very high on the influence, but not far behind that. I'm very dominant because, um, of the way that my internal structure is. Mm hmm uh, and then how I think people see me, the eye is always just off the chart. I, you know, it's it's at a baseline 8 out of 10. So I just, I don't know why, but initially I saw that as a weakness. And it probably stems from I'm not good enough. So if this mm -hmm. is how, if this is my baseline, then it's obviously not good enough. This is success. What I have is not good enough. And I've since come to understand but that's not necessarily true because I where where I am in my zone of genius is being a champion for other people and for their message and building people so that they can achieve and attain the things that they want. I don't have to be the smartest, the best looking, the most successful in the room. I can lay that aside because what I care about is other people's development. And you scare the shit out of people because of it. Why, how do you, why do you say that? Because you're willing to push people to their greatness. And in order to do that, that means you're willing to hold people accountable. You are willing to, I'll use myself as an example, although this is clearly not my thought process in the moment, but we'll discuss that later. You help me with my books, right? Okay, mm -hmm. so... We sat down, we structured everything in the story. It's still not finalized. Every hiccup that I hit, you were right there with, okay, let's redraw the outline. What do we need to do? What are the next steps? Where do we need to go? And you kept me on task because it's very easy for me to slip back and eh, I can wait. It can hold off. Going to PJ and having my diet plan in place and doing my 12 weeks and, and my regiment you were constantly on me before we got to this point if you were to call me out on not eating something the right way dude i was flinging f-bombs at you i didn't care get off me this is not your responsibility but that's what you were trying to do was get me to my best me but i didn't want to own it because that means i'm responsible now for my choices Okay. I'm responsible to do these things it scares people because you're willing to look at somebody and go i'll get you there I can absolutely take you there. But that means that they have to own up to their responsibility and their part in doing that. 
You can't just grab someone by the hand and drag them to their success. They have to be willing to do the work. Yeah. And that scares people because that means if I screw up, I'm responsible. If I don't make it, I'm responsible. And he's going to know because he's going along with me. He's pushing alongside of me. It's not your fault, but that's how the mindset goes. It's like when we talked before, I can disappoint myself. I hate disappointing you. So I don't tell you stuff. For a long time, I wouldn't tell you what goals were because if I fail, it's on me. And I'm the only one who's disappointed and I can deal with that. But if I disappoint you, it bothers me. An influencer, if a person is not ready to accept the encouragement, the accountability, the fact that they're giving you permission to be that for them, it scares the crap out of them and they fight it. Because that means I have to own up to it now. If I didn't give PJ permission to jump my crap and let her freely say what she needs to say, I wouldn't succeed. And she would drop me in a heartbeat because you're not giving her the access she needs to accomplish the goal that you've set out to do. That part of you scares the crap out of people. But what's funny is if they would grasp that part of you, their success would be unmeasurable absolutely unmeasurable because you don't quit you don't just take someone to a certain point and go okay you're here you're good go you've never done that it's people who walk away from you not you walking away from people Mm -hmm. that's not you that's them that is such a trip because I never thought about that but that's why the certain people that in our life gravitated and clung that's why because they couldn't do it if they didn't have you to kind of push them up when things went to crap but then when things were going good they didn't want you anymore they only came to you when they needed somebody to lift them up that's why they gravitated to the great part of you but they didn't want to hang on to it when they didn't need to so to speak that makes sense rabbit trail (laughs) yeah it was a rabbit trail because i don't know i'm i mean that's very interesting to hear i don't know how i don't know how that lines up with what we're with what we're talking about here but because if you hadn't caught that on about yourself, you wouldn't be able to help all the people you've been helping. Gotcha. I, I definitely didn't look at it. I looked at it and I was, the D in me was disappointed because <laughs> I wasn't a high D. I was a high I. You know what I'm saying? I was a high IS at first. That was that was way back in the day, but that's because I answered, I answered it not according necessarily to who I really was. I kind of answered it according to who I thought I should be and when I answered it to who I really was you know then I got my identity because I was an IDS and the C has always been really low for some reason Um, but that really helped me to get back to the point here thank you for sharing your perspective (laughs) there honey Uh, I think you had a very big aha moment about me Mm. I I saw it in your eyes and I look forward to hearing a little more about that it fits this morning's discussion it just does but anyway go ahead (laughs) Um, that is what helped me in understanding and learning and knowing myself was the disc analysis it was just one thing for me maybe it's something that can help you Um, it helped me a lot and then I was it was back in the early days of me listening to podcasts Jay Ferugia who is a part of Renegade Radio or is Renegade Radio 
he went through this exercise. I was working out listening to this podcast, and it was it was like a, a it was called planning from the end, or something of that nature. And what it did was say, you know, as a as a mental exercise, fast forward to your funeral and think about the things you want people to say about you and who you want to be, how you want to represent yourself, and what things would you want those people to say. Now bring it back to present day and ask yourself, is the life you're living pointed towards those things you would want people to say? And I was like, oh my gosh, that is a freaking humongous task. But that makes a lot of sense to me. So I took that, and it helped me gain some understanding of who I wanted to become. And then I took that a little bit further to say, you know, if let me look at the men I respect in my life, grandfather, dad, um, uncles, cousins, professionals. What are the traits in them that I respect the most? And how can I build myself into that kind of man? So I went into redeveloping my philosophy as a person and what I did was I used myself, my self-awareness. I used my desire of who I wanted to become and what I thought a respectable uh, man should be and how he should carry himself. And then I developed my um, new life philosophy based on that reverse exercise. And if that sounds really complicated, I'm sorry, but that's the way that I went through the process because ultimately I want my trajectory to be and to be becoming a respectable man who loves and honors his wife, loves and raises his children, and I want to be the best professional possible. And what I came up with was that was the ingredients for me to become a new man, and that's why it was so interesting that Living Life by Design, my power statement was, I'm a new man, and I took it, and I just absolutely ran full speed with it. So that that's what helped me. That's what helped me become self-aware, those ingredients. And then I was able to look at myself and say, okay, how well do I know myself? What am I happy with? What would I like to change? And then how can I go about changing it? Who do I want to become? Who do I want to be for my wife? Who do I want to be for my children? And who do I want to be as a professional? You know, who do I want to be on behalf of my faith? And that is what it did. It, I took responsibility for what I had control over, and that was me. And that's the place that I began, because if I didn't take responsibility for me, I wouldn't be able to positively, positively impact and change my marriage. So it was very important, step one, in my opinion, is take responsibility. Now look, we know over the last few days of discussions with you and um, with my dear my dear man Shane, um, who are you know two of the people I trust the most in my life, that I can overdo it when it comes to taking responsibility for things that are not my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that is where Barry and Tina taught us that strength overextended becomes a weakness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just kind of circling back to what you were saying as far as my influence goes, when you use that strength as a, you know, when you overuse that strength, it becomes an annoyance. 
and I didn't realize how to, you know, how to govern that. So I did through learning a lot about myself, learning to listen more, learning to talk less. I had this idea at one point that I was going to be the quiet type. I was going to completely change, become the quiet type. And if I said anything, people would listen because there are those people who are quiet all the time when they say something. Usually it's very powerful, but that's just not naturally me. So I was like, ah, that was a great thought, but that's out of here. I just want to be myself mm -hmm. and I want to develop myself into a better version of myself so that I can empower people, so that I can influence people. And so that's where I started, taking responsibility. That's kind of the roadmap of how I got there. Asking myself the questions, how good do I want my life to be? How good do I want my marriage to be? What kind of man does my wife deserve? Who do my children deserve? The company that I work for, what kind of a man do they deserve when I go to, when I go to work? As far as my father in heaven, you know, it's my honor to live my life on behalf of him. Um, what does he deserve for the investment he's made in me? Even going back to Coach Rita, what's the best way I could I could pay her back? Is to be, and constantly be becoming who I was made to be, who I wanted to become. And to pay her back for all her time and effort was to be the best and the most willing student that she's ever had. That was my goal. And, you know, the byproduct is a better marriage, a better life, better relationships, etc. So that's where it starts. That's the cue dog right there. Take responsibility. <laughs> what do you think about that one, honey? Um, I think it's accurate. It's definitely accurate on who you are and what you do. Well, thank you. I appreciate the credibility check. All right. That's this episode, my people. She is Jeannie Moran. I am Quincy Moran. You can call me Q or the Q dog or just Quincy. That's cool, too. Um, and this is Man Versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.